it was important for me to uh, explore what I think about the prom queen and I think it's interesting to understand why the prom queen is seen as superficial and not uh, very smart. A lot of young girls really don't want to be associated to this stereotype. From New York to San Francisco, Houston to Chicago, the residents of Villa Albertine have traversed the United States. Here, they look back on their journeys into the arts and ideas. Their visits were supported by Villa Albertine, which has connected French talents and the American cultural scene since 2021. Come and join me as we meet some of the artists and thinkers shaping the culture of tomorrow. I'm Rachel Donadio, and you're listening to Coast to Coast, a podcast series produced by Villa Albertine and Paradiso Media. Our guest today, Quentin Zutian. Quentin Zutian is a graphic novelist whose work addresses adolescent sexual identity and transformation. As a resident of Villa Albertine, he traveled from New York through different cities in the Midwest to San Francisco, exploring that classic American phenomenon, the prom queen. Here he talks to us about what he learned along the way. Quentin, it's great to be speaking with you today for the podcast about your experience in the United States with Villa Albertine. I am just really curious to ask you, you did a project exploring one of the great cultural phenomena of the United States, which is the prom queen. Uh, I think it started when I was myself a teenager. I was obsessed with all the high school musical movies and uh, all uh, the teen movies. You have the young blonde girl, cheerleader girl, mean girl. (laughs) And I think these fantasies really impact my teenagehood. I am really fascinated with myth around this figure of the prom queen. Because you have the prom queen in teen movies, but it's also a young girl who is used in a lot of media, horror movies. And one of my favorite movies of all time is Carrie. It was important for me to uh, explore what I think about the prom queen and what it is really in the United States. And so it was great for me to uh, be in several cities because the prom queen in New York City is not the same in Salt Lake City or in Denver because New York City today is like to not go to prom. is like the new cool, you know. <laughs> but in Denver or in Salt Lake City, there is really still an impact and a, a ritual about this uh, prom ball. It's interesting because it's such an American phenomenon, but what you seem to be pointing to is a kind of mythological or archetypal figure. This is often blonde, young, kind of innocent, but not necessarily innocent. What were some of the varieties of prom queens that you found in your travels? Blonde girls. (laughs) No, not only. But uh, I realized that what we imagine is not so untrue. <laughs> I mean, not necessarily blonde, but the beauty stay very, very important for uh, over teenagers. 
What you mean is that beauty is a very important quality in terms of a social hierarchy, or who is chosen to be the prom、yeah. queen? Is she is often chosen on the basis of her beauty? Of her beauty, her kindness too. But I really think that the beauty is the first one of the qualities, and it's not true for the prom king. The king can be ugly if you want. He just has to be funny, and that's all. So it was very interesting for me to explore. Did you discover in your journey to different cities in the United States in meeting prom queens? Are the archetypes ever different? Are the norms changing? Are the standards of beauty changing? Are heteronormative gender rules changing in when it comes to prom queens? No, not really. They say. Because I interviewed a lot of teenagers, even young girls, they really don't want to be a prom queen. I think it's interesting to understand why, and because the prom queen is、uh, seen as superficial and not、uh, very smart. So、uh, a lot of young girls really don't want to be associated to this stereotype. It's always a part of. Her own insecurities, you know. She wants to be validated by other ones, but there is something actually a bit sad about that because I interviewed a young girl named Bella. She was the prom queen in、uh, Salt Lake City, so she wins. She was so happy, but she told me, you know, next year I will go to college and I have to start again. All over again, and to recreate a court <laughs> because she's the queen, so、yeah. she needs to build up her <laughs> yes, her entire royal court, and to、uh, recreate her popularity. Do you find, as a French artist and graphic novelist? Did you find that you often were asked why, as a French guy, you're interested in this American phenomenon? Did you did you have to explain yourself a lot? Not really. <laughs> They were really happy because I、uh, interviewed all these teenagers in、uh, their high school, directly in the building, and、uh, teachers were here with us. And after I、uh, always asked. The teacher to leave the room <laughs> because in front of their teacher they don't tell me everything. Of course, it's expensive often to rent the dresses, and because、yeah. prom is such an important rite of passage, it means that a lot of students, even ones who don't have a lot of money, have to feel they need to spend money for that performative、yeah. event. It's a lot of pressure on everybody, you know. It's interesting to see that a lot of teenagers have to rent a dress just for one night. Something really sad. A lot of young girls told me that they don't dare to say no, even if the guy is not the perfect match for her. <laughs> they don't dare because they are afraid to be the bitch of the high school, and so they go out with this boy, and they they don't like him. It's always the boy. Who ask? Never the girl. It's so interesting because it's really about how you perform gender in society. 
I wonder if you could talk a little bit about some of the specific things that you saw or the differences in the different cities you traveled to. You were in New York, Columbus, Chicago, Denver, Salt Lake City, San Francisco. Does anything in particular stand out? When I was in New York or in Chicago, I always started with a presentation of my own work to explain to the teenagers what I do in life and uh, my books. In New York, in San Francisco, it was really easy to speak about gender and about sexuality with uh, teenagers. When I was in Salt Lake City, (laughs) it was more difficult, but the teachers always let me speak about homosexuality and uh, all of that. To see in this high school in Salt Lake City, the silence when I speak about these questions, just like that, big silence. This was in a high school in Salt Lake City, a city that is dominated by the Mormon Church, the Church of Latter-day Saints. And after that, I received on Instagram three, four uh, texts from teenagers. They say to me, it was the first time they can listen someone about this subject because they are themselves gay or lesbian or non-binary. It's hard to them to speak about that uh, with them family and even in the school, I mean. I think the conversation is becoming more open about trans identity and gay identity in the United States. Yeah. But at the same time, there is a conservative cultural forces. There's a lot of culture clashes. Yeah, and really about sexuality, not sexual orientation, but about sexuality. Because in my books, there are sex scenes. Yeah, when I was in uh, some high schools, I had to cancel a lot of my own work to to present my uh, my work in the <laughs> in the class that kind of childhood play is very profound and it obviously is something that you grew up into into yeah. someone who's comfortable with your with who you are <laughs> sure <laughs> 3 years of psychoanalysis but <laughs> someone who has the courage to put his own inner conflict and vulnerability onto the page in a way that really resonates with your readers. So you at seven dressed up like a princess and so you could be kissed by a boy and now you've traveled with Villa Albertine to the United States to explore prom queens, the princesses of the prom. This must have been kind of a dream trip for you. Yeah, you know, it was really great and also to meet all of these teenagers and was so lucky to meet and to film all this uh, interview with them. Yeah, I feel uh, very lucky to have um, in my souvenirs. I mean, Bella is my best souvenir. <laughs> Bella the prom queen. Bella yeah. the prom queen was awesome. <laughs> Actually, I had a very, very good time at Salt Lake City. <laughs> I mean, we know, oh no, Salt Lake City is for Mormons. and <laughs> But it was really great. How will this trip to visit prom queens across the United States 
affect your future work? I think I don't know yet. <laughs> I have a lot of ideas, but I really want to create um, a fiction about that. So uh, I have to rewatch all of my rushes. But I think something is going to happen with the young girl Bella and her own little sister because um, I have interviewed both of them and it was very interesting to see the love between them but also the rivalry because Sophie, the youngest, is as pretty as her sister but she lives more discreetly and uh, yeah, I would like to do something about uh, these two girls. Sisters, that's a good theme. Yeah. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Coast to Coast, a podcast series produced by Villa Albertine and Paradiso Media and hosted by Rachel Donadio. If you want to learn more about the residents of Villa Albertine, listen to it wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to our channel, States. And if you liked it, leave a rating and spread the word. You can also follow us on social media and click on the link in the description of the episode. 